0: Hi, and welcome to the New Feminine Revolution Podcast. This is a space for women who want to live with deep self love, personal responsibility, and purpose. I am your host, Carolina Zuleta, and I'm an expert in helping women create extraordinary lives. I'm excited to have you join us. Hi, and welcome to episode 16 of the New Feminine Revolution Podcast. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone! I love this day because we get to celebrate love and it's also my birthday. So I get s- double celebration. Today I have a very important guest in our podcast. I'm interviewing my husband. Yay! So Andrew and I sat down and we thought about what are the five practices that make a relationship. So awesome that we continue to grow and apply every day that we really see has made a difference for us. And we wanted to share them with all of you because you can apply this to every relationship that you have. If you have a significant other or if you're starting a relationship or even with the other people that you care about, all these practices really enhance our relationships. And I know from the research I've done and from working with all of the people I've worked throughout the years, that relationships are the most meaningful and important things for all of us. So, Andrew and I hope that you really enjoy this podcast, that you take these lessons, apply them to their life, to your lives, and let us know how they work. Hi, Andrew, and welcome to the New Feminine Revolution podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with all of us today. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview with me.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: So if anyone asks me what is the thing that I'm most proud of in my life, Is my relationship with you. Because I really feel like we've put a lot of effort and time, and I love how we interact in our day-to-day, our partnership, how we have overcome difficult moments, and how we continue to build our lives together.
1: Yeah, I you? would absolutely agree. <laughs> um, something that we put a lot of work into, I'm very proud of.
0: Yeah. So, and it doesn't mean that we're here saying like, oh, we have a perfect relationship. I don't think either of us believes that. I think we're both in a work in progress and also our relationship is a work in progress. But I think we've, in this past four years, we've learned some, four years, five years, oh my gosh, five years, we've learned some good practices and disciplines that as Andrew and I were thinking about doing this podcast together, we kind of like summarized and, and we have those five practices to share with all of you today with the intention that you're going to use them and improve your relationships because definitely the relationships is the most important part of our lives. Andrew, let's start. What is, we said, our practice number
1: one? Well, you know, the first thing that, that came to my mind Uh, is is kindness and that you know I think is so important because it kind of lays the the groundwork and the foundation and breeds more trust in the relationship and and as soon as kindness starts to fall out of the equation usually there's more fighting and there's more distress in the relationship. Absolutely
0: and and as I think about how do we explain what kindness is? One of the things that comes to my mind is that as humans, of course, we want to be loved, but we also want to be understood. We want to, someone to understand what it is to have our life experience, and I think with kindness comes that part of being, empe- em- being empathetic. Is that how you said? And like hearing and understanding the experience of the other person.
1: Yeah, and and that goes. I mean, I think without empathy, a natural default is to start offering unsolicited advice. So when you tell me, you know, there's something that you're upset about or something that's going on maybe with um, the business or, or in your personal life, um, as soon as I step in to try and fix that or say, you know, here's, here's a good way to approach it, that's when I remove myself from um, any kind of empathy, and it draws more space between us.
0: Absolutely, and I think it goes both ways. I think we both love fixing things and giving advice, but we've learned that really what the other person needs is to someone to hear and be like, "Wow, like I'm really understanding what your experience is, and thank you for sharing, and like living that moment with the other person." And I think that the other part where kindness uh, plays a big role. Is what you and I have talked about, even when we're really upset with each other, to still believe the other person is a good person and they're not out to, you're not out to hurt me or I'm not out to hurt you, even if we're upset and we might say something that's hurtful, like there's positive intent.
1: And going on the offensive right out of the gate. I think sometimes when there's, when there's fights, it's, it may not be intentional, but um, sometimes we say things to subconsciously or consciously hurt the other person but laying down kindness is the groundwork and assuming that good intent I think that goes a long way with you know a more productive fight which is probably a good segue into the next one
0: <laughs> absolutely so yeah I think that's big, a big changer for me like when I'm feeling hurt by something you've said or under attack remembering like oh he's my friend he's my guy and, and he he's on my side that allows me to bring kindness again so let's talk about the next uh, practice which is productive fighting so we've gone through this so yeah go ahead
1: well you know what's kind of interesting is really early on in our relationship you know as early as about six months in you know we didn't fight and there are things that you know probably got in our way but um, in our minds, a healthy relationship was one that really didn't have any conflict. but what we found and you know uh, through some conversations and actually bringing in someone else to to talk about the relationship with was that we were really just drawing more space between us.
0: We were very proud of not fighting. no, we never fight, but really what that what was that meant was that we were very far from each other, that we really didn't know each other well. Because we were hiding or like putting down like those feelings of maybe anger or hurt, trying to keep harmony. But really what was that was doing was setting us, creating a big space between us.
1: And we all, yes, we all have beliefs about, you know, what uh, conflict in general. Um, so maybe it's good or, you know, maybe it's bad. But either way, growing up, we all established beliefs about conflict. And I think Carol and I initially were very conflict avoidant. Um, but I think one of the more important things that we learn are that really good relationships are messy.
0: I love that. And that's what I say. It's like people think it's like, oh, you have a great relationship. It's like all oh, perfect. No, it's like very messy. And I think, you know, we probably disagree in a lot of things still today. Most of the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Most of the time. Um, Yeah, yeah. And and I think, but going back to that first point too, um, acknowledging that that good intent is is really important. But along the same lines is, I think, you know, the beliefs that we inherit growing up. Oftentimes we have beliefs about anger too. And, you know, my opinion, maybe you have a different thought about this, but, you know, I think anger is really a good thing. Because it allows us to, you know, especially for those of us that may be a little bit more conflict avoidant, anger allows us to assert ourselves, to, to stand our own ground and say, you know, this is this is not right, but we have to be really careful about what we do with that anger.
0: I think it's yeah. so true what you're saying because anger has a bad reputation, but it's, I think it's the abuse of anger. It's when we lose control and then we start saying, Things that are just not right and just like we lose the respect for each other or people lose the respect for each other. I think that anger, when it's honed in to be assertive and to stand your ground, still being respectful and kind. That's why kindness is the foundation is very, very important.
1: Yeah. And when we use it to justify where we're coming from, words like, you know, always or... You know, you always do this or you never do this. I think it becomes very easy then to argue about that dialogue. Like, no, I, you know, I remember this one time where that wasn't the case. And then you're arguing about what was being said, forgetting about what was really important. And that's that some needs aren't really getting met.
0: Yeah. So we have like a couple of rules when we fight. One of them is positive intent, to remember that each of us has positive intent. The other one, as Andrew was saying, is never say never or never say always because that's actually not true and and saying like this is what I'm feeling. And I think one of the things that we've talked about is that we learned is sometimes we would exaggerate like you always do that to justify how we were feeling instead of really trusting that whatever either one of us is feeling the moment is valid and we don't have to make a bigger picture it can be even like i'm hurt by this little thing you said but that's okay it's that the hurt is real i don't have to say like you always interrupt me it's like i'm hurt because you interrupted me in this moment and that's enough the other thing i think you and i were talking about was that in every fight there's always 50 percent responsibility each so there's no space for like i'm right you're wrong we're both right and we're both wrong. Like, we're, there's always 50-50.
1: And this is something that we hear a lot in this podcast, right? It's it's taking personal responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> knowing exactly, and I think this comes down to practice too, knowing what your role in that fight actually is. It's really, really, really important to acknowledge that because as soon as you take the position of a victim or Uh, a persecutor saying that, you know, oh, poor me, this always happens to me. Um, We lose a lot of our power. So taking personal responsibility and saying, all right, here's what I've done. Here's my role in this opens up that conversation to where I think the other you in this case would probably feel a little bit more comfortable revealing yourself to me.
0: I think that's totally true. And, and Sometimes even in our fights, I am just thinking like it's hard because you are. There is emotions in that moment to take responsibility, and I've seen both of us be like, "I know there is a part that I am doing, but I can't see it right now because I have so much emotion right now." So trusting that the other person can be like, "Well, here is what I think is your part," and then I think once each of us owns our part, then the then the fight becomes a lot more productive than when we're just accusing the other person always or never
1: I think in that same vein doing our best to remove the word you from Mm -hmm. the conversation and speaking our truth our only truth really in that moment which is here's the way I feel
0: Mm -hmm. yeah here's the way I feel and here's the story I'm making up of why you're acting this way is that true? And then the other person gets a chance to respond.
1: Without making assumptions. Exactly. Yes.
0: Or yeah. testing your assumptions. Because I think we all make up a story. It's like, oh, he didn't pick up this from the floor. It's because he's taking me for granted. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of just staying in that, saying, like, hey, I'm making up this story that you didn't pick up this because you're taking me for granted. And then Andrew has a chance. You have a chance to say No, actually, I just didn't see it. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Or when you interrupt me when I'm talking with someone, (laughs) you know, me thinking that that's some form of disrespecting me and what I have to say, when really your brain just moves a thousand (laughs) times faster. And
0: And I grew up in a family where we interrupt each other (laughs) all the time. Those
1: Latin families.
0: (laughs) So then, like... Fighting productively, part of it too is learning how to heal each other. And I think this is like a beautiful practice because when we're hurting and when we're upset, we really can't participate so much in the relationship. But each of us has the power to heal the other. and And the way we've learned how to heal each other is to say, I'm sorry, whatever the other person is feeling. So I'm sorry I disrespected you. I'm sorry I hurt you.
1: And that's a good point. You know, I think a lot of times, at least for me, I historically always thought that forming some kind of apology meant, you know, an admission of guilt. Like here, I'm acknowledging that I've done this wrong, when really, my whole goal is to heal Caro's experience. So when I'm apologizing for something, it's, it's I'm apologizing for her experience, because her experience may be something that I don't necessarily believe to be the truth of what happened, but... She's sharing with me that she feels a particular way, and, and it's my job to apologize for, for that experience.
0: Because I think this is tricky. So it's like it's we might not believe that, like, let's say in the interruption part, right? Like, I interrupt Andrew. I'm getting, I think I'm getting a lot better at that. But for Andrew, that for you, babe, it meant that I was disrespecting you, right? And when I would apologize, I'm like, i sorry I disrespected you. And it's easy for me to be like, oh, but I wasn't disrespecting you. I just interrupted you, right? But your experience is disrespect. So apologizing for the experience is very important. So it's like I may not believe that interrupting, I interrupted because I wanted to disrespect you, but I do believe you that you feel disrespected and I'm apologizing for that. I hope that makes sense because I, I, I know it can be a little bit tricky. Exactly. So do we move to third practice or is there something else? Yeah, let it loose. You want to go ahead?
1: So um, this one is probably well, not probably, easily the most uncomfortable out of the five. Uh, with any good relationship, there's truth and and it's not just telling the truth with what happened during the day, it's it's also dedicating time to share things that we've withheld from one another. And it's scary because when the person who knows you so intimately is about to share something that's really, you know, upset them, or maybe it's a truth that they have about, you know, certain things not going the way they want in the relationship, it's really scary and, and frankly pretty vulnerable. But I think the goal here is to dedicate 30 minutes or so a month or every other month. And so in, in, in that 30 minutes, each person gets 15 interrupted minutes to share things, no matter how big or small or, or relevant that have happened you know, to them in, in the past.
0: Yeah. Our vows were very simple. And it was like, I want you to love me. But in order for you to love me, you need to know who I am and showing you who I am, I risk that you might not love me, but I still want to run that risk because at the end of the days, so I want to know that you knew me. And I think this is what you're talking about of having like this absolute vulnerability and courage with each other to share even those things that we've been taught we shouldn't share. Oh, you should never say, oh, this thing that your mother said bothered me. Or I think you're, Kado. I think you're not taking care of your body enough, right? Like we have all these rules of things that we shouldn't say and really having that absolute vulnerability and courage to share our truths with each other is very important. And I love what you're talking about, our practice of having 30 minutes a month or however often you want to design it in your relationship where each person gets to share those truth without being interrupted. I think that's very important. And the other person is really listening and understanding the experience. Because when we do that, babe, we feel so much closer at the end. Would you agree?
1: I mean, that's the goal. I think any time in a relationship where something happens and we don't share it, it draws just a little bit of space between the the two of us and every little thing draws more and more space before you know it, you feel very distant from that person and you don't necessarily know why.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's, we take it for granted because like, oh, I'm not cheating or I didn't say a big lie and that's part of telling the truth But but then there's like the Deep, like the little truths that we hold, and and that as Andrew was saying, they're withholds we keep because we're scared of sharing, and sharing those truths is so so important. Cool, we we'll move to fourth.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, number four is actually this one came up today. Um, I was talking with a, a close friend of mine, and it was actually advice that uh that he gave me, and um, we were talking about. You know, being new parents, now his little girl is is a little bit older now. But he said one of the bits of advice that he wished he could go back and give himself was that the little things are more important than the big things. And so it started made me think and Kara and I were kinda of thinking about some of the things that we wanted to talk about on this podcast and and this one really kinda of hit me and, and I had this light bulb moment thinking yeah, he's absolutely right. And and what I mean by that is, you know, I'm not saying that don't go out and, and celebrate his or her birthday or Valentine's Day, given the context of the podcast. But it's the little things like knocking off a, a extra couple of items on a to do list or cleaning something up. Because as men, when we start cutting corners, oftentimes that can be interpreted as that we don't necessarily care when... The truth is we're kind of just like cavemen. So it keeps us (laughs) a lot more mindful about just doing the littlest things as reminders that we really care that have a much longer lasting effect than a date night or a birthday. Again, very important, but I just think it has a greater impact.
0: Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's like... It's the everyday that makes up our lives, not those unique special moments. It's the everyday. And I think what you're saying is, is so beautiful because it's we come to a relationship to give to each other, not to get something out of the relationship. And I know that as long as I'm thinking about you every day and saying, what can I do that is going to make Andrew a little bit happier, it's going to make his life a little bit better, he's going to feel more loved or respected or admired, and I do those little things, and you're doing those little things for me, We, it's like amazing, it's like we feel great, because I know when you do those little things, simple today, right, we're going to change Maya's diaper, and I knew her, where we keep the diapers was empty, and I opened it, and you had like restock it, like those little things, I'm like so grateful, because we have so much going on, and they make, a, they do make a big difference
1: yeah and and one of the things that we ask one another frequently is you know if you could have it all your way um, what would tonight look like Mm -hmm. or what would make tonight really great for you we oftentimes make assumptions about things that we may want we may project what we want onto the other person you know we may go out and get pizza bring it home and and the truth is that that may not be what you really want. So I think it provides a lot of clarity too. But really hearing those things, I think goes a long way.
0: And I think as women, it's big. And I hear this with my clients and definitely with myself, actually knowing what is it that we want. Because we love playing this game that like, oh, he needs to know what I want when I don't even know, but he needs to guess without asking. And that never goes well. So I know, for example, one of the things that I love when you do what you do with me. is so you're like, OK, Saturday afternoon, it's every like whatever you want. I'm in and I'm like, OK, awesome. Let's go shopping or let's do something or like I want a massage or whatever it is. And like you really grant that for me. I feel so loved and so appreciated. And I hope that's the other, same for you, the other round, when it's like it's your time and like I'm committing to making this night or this afternoon amazing for you
1: yeah for sure i mean that's the case and i think for men you know i'll speak for myself and i think this is the case with most you know decent relationships that's we have to keep in mind that men's ultimate priority is to please you and we do our best but oftentimes you know we don't have the tools to do that so Asking these kind of questions, I think, provides a lot of clarity and and better helps us accomplish that mission.
0: And that's something I've learned, of course, in my relationship with you, babe, but also working with couples and seeing how men really, really like you feel very masculine and strong when you're able to please your women. And for us women, like the way we give back is by really appreciating what they're doing and saying it, thank you, and explaining how that made us feel instead of focusing maybe on that little thing that they missed or it wasn't the perfect way that we wanted, but really taking in their generous act of wanting to please us and make us happy. Yeah,
1: and you hit the nail right on the head. You know, another thing in this doing, you know, little things have more of an impact on the than, than the big things is, um, I think we sometimes underestimate the value of play in relationships. And um, for me, you know, the first thing to go as soon as stress sets into the relationship is playfulness. Um, play is very in the moment and you know, we're not interested in what's happening in the future or what happened earlier that day or maybe the thing that we don't want to do later in the night or something that we're scared of doing in the future. It's what's happening right right now. And it's a way to feel really close to somebody. I think romantic relationships, are supposed to have levity. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a while back, I think, you know, I remember when that morning that we were making pancakes or something and <laughs> I just dumped a bunch of flour on you or something. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember. Now, given the context, I, I, I think you have to be kind of careful with that. But, you know, it's, it's just adding more levity and lightness to the relationship, which I think is so important.
0: And I think that play is about letting, like you were saying, letting go of everything and just being in that moment. And allowing that inner child come out. And, like, I remember you, like, throwing, or, like, yeah, splashing flour at me. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, immediately wanting to think, now we have to clean this. But in that moment, being able to let go of that and, like, then throw flour back at you. And I think we ended up in a full-on food fight in the kitchen. Yeah. The which was really, miss. really fun. <laughs> and we still laugh about it. Or one day we decided to, like jump on our bed and do like take pictures like doing funny figures when we're in the air and we broke the bed and it was so fun and funny but you're together to have fun and I think we forget that it's because we get stressed with the things we need to do maybe money concerns when kids come along and always remember that you're friends I mean like the reason why we're together is because we really like each other and we want to have fun and enjoy life together So I think play goes in like in in being spontaneous in the moment. And even if we're life is full of things, creating moments to be spontaneous, you know, even if you need to schedule and be like, okay, Saturday night, we're just having fun and we're not going to have anything structured instead of watching a movie like play a card game like we get super competitive playing and we're like you know kind of like having like a little like fake fight when we're playing cards because who's winning or or spontaneously dancing in your living room like remember to really have fun and play because you know that stupid you know food fight we still remember about and it's a little thing but it was so much fun and it wasn't valentine's or my birthday or your birthday it was just a regular
1: night yeah i think it's a mindset too one thing maybe to to try this week you know you get home from being out or from work or, or wherever you are, you know walk into the door with the mindset that you want to be playful mm. and see how your partner responds. Yeah. Just try that and a couple of days, I promise you you're gonna see a difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the last practice uh, that we were talking about is honoring our differences. Because we've definitely learned that you and I are very, very different. <laughs> that men and women are very different, and that those differences are can be hard because we are thinking and operating in very different ways, but are also like beautiful. And when we respect that and honor that from each other, it enhances our relationship.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was exactly. I, it may have been Alice and Armstrong that mentioned that women see men as. Just hairy women, um, but the wiring is so so different. Mm-hmm. So to acknowledge some of those differences is is crucial. At least for me, and, and I think most men, what we hold really sacred and important is our freedom. And as soon as that freedom is compromised, that's when we have a tendency to start getting a little bit more irritable or upset. Things don't feel like they're flowing is natural, but it's a very masculine trait to want to have that freedom. And what's interesting is the more freedom that Caro gives me, the more I want to be with her and be around her and fulfilling that masculine role.
0: How would you say that I give you freedom for someone that is listening?
1: You know, it's, I think it's encouraging me to go out and do things Saying, Hey listen, I've got the baby. You why don't you go out and do you know, this thing that you enjoy, go play tennis, take this time that you need.
0: I think another thing that I've learned in our practice is if you're out, like not even texting you or checking on you, like really just letting you go and do your thing. And setting an, ex- we, I think we set an expectation for when you're gonna be back. But like during that time, you're you really have the time for you because I think in the past, even sometimes being like, "Hey, are you having fun?" It felt like, like, wait, you're taking away my freedom a little bit. Would yeah, you?
1: Yeah, Dial it back with the check-in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <sighs> so, so for men, freedom, and I think for women, is feeling protected and taken care of. And w- what have you learned about? Making me feel taken care of.
1: Oh, gosh. Uh, I think the biggest thing is is just being very in the moment. When I get home, when I'm with you, asking a lot of questions. Tell me more.
0: Yes.
1: I think was uh, <laughs> somewhere along the way I learned the power of that question or comment.
0: I'm smiling right now as he said that because it's true. One of my favorite things that you do is like, I'm telling you about my day, my life and then you just sit there and you hear me and then you're like, tell me more and oh my god, that's like such a beautiful gift, that gift that you give me so I can fully express everything I have inside of me.
1: How else do you feel taken care
0: of? I think the little things like you've said you know what's like, you know, for example, like the house, keeping our house clean is important and when you take your, you know, your part and sometimes even do a little extra, I feel very taken care of. I think the check-ins you do with me throughout the day, like you're in your office and I love, you know, and do will text and like, how's my girl doing? Or how's your morning been? And I feel so loved. Or when we're out with friends that you hold my hand or, and I, you know, this is specifically to me. I'm sure each woman has, feels different, but... Just this, like, can I get you a glass of wine? Or, or, or when you make decisions, like, we're doing this date. here's where we're going, here's, like, you take charge, I feel very taken care of. So I think that's one of the differences, that it's, like, men need freedom and women need protection. I think it's big. Oh, Another one is the difference in how we communicate, that you guys are more literal. We're, we're speaking more from our emotions. When I'm hearing Andrew say, it's, like, remembering... That what he's saying is what he means. Instead, when you're here listening to me, you're listening for that emotion, right? Like
1: it, women, women tend to to speak through their emotions, and it, it can be kind of hard for a man, you know, to to dissect what exactly all that means. And, and at the same token, for when women are hearing men, what they say, as you said, is is what we mean. Mm-hmm. So. There there may be an assumption here or there that I'm implying something or that there there's some underlying subtext to what I'm saying. Oftentimes that's not the case.
0: Yeah. So don't read in between the lines when men are talking and when you're listening to a woman, pay attention to the emotions she's expressing because the emotions are probably are more accurate of as to what she's going through than maybe the exact And I think the other one that we love to talk about is the hunting versus gathering. Men are hunters, so you have a plan and you want to execute that plan. Well women were gathering so we love looking around and, and kind of like being in the moment and you know, connecting things and and that can sometimes bring a lot of conflict because men don't understand why are you distracting me from my plan? And women might think like why are you being so hard if, like, I can do this? Why are you, like, so, you know, rigid? So also understanding, and we also always have a saying, we're going out to do something. It's like, are we hunting or are we gathering? And when we're hunting, I do my best to stick to the plan and do what we are set our intention to do. And when we're gathering, Andrew tries his best to relax and allows me to, you know, look at this thing here and stop there and talk there and not have such a structured plan.
1: So, yes... And what we've learned, too, is that um, me, again, speaking on behalf of men, um, we tend to make plans without necessarily even knowing it Uh, so that, you know, if we have some errands to run, we're going to go out. That plan has been very solidified by the time we leave the house. So one kind of interesting thing to keep in mind is maybe as you're leaving is you may be embarking out on whatever you may have to do with, with your man pay attention to the fact that it's likely that he's going to be very quiet and that's the plan getting underway so we make agreements we understand you know there's a planning <laughs> there's a there's a planning stage when it comes to making the plan and having some mutual input of that plan i think just creates for better expectations. Then. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think, you know, men trying your best to communicate your plan and be aware of it to your women and women asking to your guys, do you have a plan? And like, what is it? And is there room for, you know, for changing? Like, can we make agreements around that? So I think like honoring those differences is so important and it actually makes us, I feel like it, at least it makes me fall more in love with you and, and like appreciate men, men in general when I understand those differences. So, babe, anything else you want to add or you think we covered it all?
1: I mean, for now, I think that about covers it.
0: Yeah, I think we shared a lot of good stuff. There's always more, but I think it's a good beginning. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I love having you in this podcast and sharing this with everyone. And for all of you listening, if you have questions or you're interested in, in, you know, how I can serve you, I work with couples as well in helping you and your significant other improve your relationship, take it to the next level, send me an email to info at carolinazuleta.com and I would be happy to speak with you about what are the possibilities. And also, if you have any questions about what we discussed today, just shoot me an email and, and we'll be happy to respond. So happy Valentine's to all of you. Let's celebrate love. Let's celebrate partnership. And uh, go create an extraordinary relationship. Bye.
1: Thanks so much. Bye-bye.
0: Okay, guys. So Andrew and I would now love to hear from you what is the number one takeaway that you're taking from this episode? And also, what other practice do you have with your significant other that has made a big difference for you? So email me back at info at carolinazuleta.com, and we would love to hear that. Bye! If you like this episode and want to receive more exclusive content and some personal updates that I only share by email, visit carolinazuleta.com and subscribe to my newsletter. Also, Remember, I'm on a mission to transform the lives of a million women. So if you like today's episode, please share it with your mom, your sister and girlfriends or any other woman that you consider could benefit from this information. I'm sending you all my love and stay tuned for more life lessons next week. Bye.